Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive, Dr. Jim. Let's look at what the Bible calls the gift of hospitality. When it comes to hospitality, some countries and cultures seem to excel more than others in making you feel welcome as a stranger. I agree. After a teaching assignment in Egypt, my host offered to drive me to the airport. He took me to his home and said, you rest in our son's bedroom for two hours and I will drive you to the airport for your midnight flight to Frankfurt, Germany. I accepted his kind offer, stretched out and slept for two hours. He awakened me with an announcement that tea and biscuits were prepared before driving to the airport. The time with his wife and young son was refreshing. While driving to the airport, my host said, Jim, you received a very high honor in our country. Surprised, I asked, what do you mean? Well, he said, you were invited into my home. In our country, being invited into one's home is a very high honor. I thanked him for the honor. And then he added, I was in your country. I went to a Christian seminary and he named the city. I was there for 12 months. I went to church every Sunday. Christians were very kind and friendly. Many invited me out for lunch after the church service. That was very nice of them. But Jim, in all the time I was there, I was taken to many restaurants, but only invited into one home for a meal with a family. Then with a note of almost sadness, he added, And Jim, I discovered that nearly all the families that took me to a restaurant had a home with a room they called a dining room, but they never invited me into their home. It was all very strange. I considered them very friendly, but not very hospitable. His comments cut me to the heart. Can we be friendly, but not hospitable? Jim, I was reading in Romans twelve thirteen where the Apostle Paul says two words to the church in Rome. Practice hospitality. In those days, there were no large hotels, and many travelers placed themselves at risk to sleep in the open or guest houses, or even enter any unknown dwelling. Dictionaries tell us that hospitality is the relationship between a guest and a host, wherein the host receives the guest, visitor, or stranger with goodwill. Paul, you're a Latin student. Tell us what the derivative is for the word hospitality. Hospitality derives from the Latin hospes, meaning host, guest, or stranger. Hospes is formed from hostis, which means stranger. The Latin word hospital means a guest chamber guests lodging or an inn. Hospes thus becomes the root for the English words host, hospitality, hospice, hostel, and hotel. That's a great Latin lesson. In the book of Genesis chapter 18, a story is told about Abraham. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and he saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, 
Get three sias, about 16 kilos of the finest flour, and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant, who hurried to prepare it. Then he brought some curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. There are three things to note here. Apart from the amount of time and effort it took to be hospitable, Abraham's hospitality had three key elements. He provided food, drink, and lodging. In my days traveling as regional director for Christian Service Brigade's Boys Program, I frequently stayed in leaders' homes overnight. In those days, hotels were fewer and more expensive, so many folks welcomed the chance to provide food, drink, and lodging for a visiting missionary. One characteristic I remember was each morning before leaving a home, the hosts provided a nourishing breakfast, read a Bible passage, prayed with me, and sent me on my way to my next assignment. I call that genuine hospitality. Food, drink, lodging, and a prayer. I remember when we traveled together to minister to pastors in Cuba. No matter what the economic conditions, no matter how rich or how poor the pastors appeared to be, they would invariably offer us a cup of lemonade or coffee or a snack or even a meal and would always want to have prayer together before we left. That is basic biblical hospitality. A glass of water, a piece of bread, a place to rest, and a prayer. Before you offer me a glass of water, Jim, let me remind our listeners this is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham, director of GoTeach Global. This week we are offering a free PDF booklet by email titled A Tale of Two Lions. This booklet shares life lessons in spiritual battles from 1 Peter. Request it from our email address, menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com for a tale of two lions. As a university student, I took classes from many professors since I left secondary school. A few of these professors were approachable and very friendly. Over the past 40 years, I maintained friendships with a number of my professors beyond the time with them in their classroom. They were a divergent group. Our friendship was unrelated to being in agreement. In fact, we shared divergent views on politics, academics, and world views, but we showed hospitality to each other. They ate meals in my home. I enjoyed meals in their home when I traveled in their region. Hospitality was a key factor in our friendship. We learned to discuss diametrically opposing views in a spirit of camaraderie rather than hostility. Back in January 1979, my wife and I invited one visiting Israeli professor to our home for dinner. After an evening of friendly dialogue, he asked us to consider coming to Jerusalem to do further research. Six months later, we moved to Jerusalem for a year of studies, and we remained friends over 40 years later. As I reflect on my career, I can count friendships with people from other faiths that are based more on sharing a meal together rather than arguing about who is right. According to the Pharisees in Jesus' day, Jesus had many a meal with what might be called the wrong people. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus speaks to the Pharisees and says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. 
but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Jesus practiced hospitality. He miraculously fed 5,000 hungry men plus women and children. He went to wedding feasts. Jesus ate with Zacchaeus, a tax collector, and accepted a drink of water from the woman at the well, a woman married five times. Jesus taught that those who welcomed a stranger had welcomed him. Listen as Paul reads Matthew 25, 31-40. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those in his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Many countries with a government-based on their Christian heritage have made a policy of practicing hospitality as a nation. Canada, the United States, Australia, and others have welcomed immigrants, refugees, and strangers from literally around the world. The amount of food and clothing distributed in shelters built by Christian relief agencies worldwide is an unbelievable multiple millions of dollars each year. This vicarious hospitality is done even if received without thanks. In Romans 12.20, the Apostle Paul says, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing you heap coals of fire on his head. That could mean that you will cause your enemy to burn with guilt over your hospitality and your generosity in spite of his evil intents. We sometimes do not connect the two teachings. But how we show hospitality to our friends is the same way we're to show kindness to our enemies. Give them food, drink, and covering. The way to promote peace is to do good, even to our enemies. Romans 11.22 says, Therefore consider the goodness and severity of God. Paul teaches that God shows goodness to us, even when we are sinners, but if we do not respond, God will show his severity towards us. One commentator said, People will resist wrath, anger, and power, but goodness they cannot resist. It finds its way to the heart, and the conscience does its work, and the sinner is overwhelmed at the remembrance of his crimes. What a powerful thought, Pablo. If we who call ourselves Christians would act according to the principles of the gospel and show hospitality to both our friends and our enemies, we might be moving towards a world with more kindness and more peace. How would people respond if their unkindness was met with kindness, their anger with grace, and their wrongs with forgiveness? Hebrews 13.2 refers back to the story of Abraham offering food, drink, and rest to three strangers when it says, 
do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And Peter says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Do not grumble about how much the meal costs. Do not grumble if the person never says thank you and never invites you to their home in return. Just keep offering hospitality, meals, water, lodging, and keep an eye open for strangers who may just be angels. Thanks, Jim. There you have it, men. Let's remember to show hospitality to friends, family, travelers, and strangers. Good words from God's Word. And remember to request our free booklet by email titled, A Tale of Two Lions. It shares life lessons and spiritual battles from 1 Peter. Request it from our email address, menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, we invite you to visit our website at goteachglobal.com. There you can listen to all the Men Alive programs you may have missed. That's goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be Men Alive, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. <laughs>